This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. Pan American Flight 6 was finishing an around-the-world trip with several stops on its way. On October 16, 1956, the Boeing 377 Stratocruiser, dubbed Sovereign of the Skies, left Honolulu and was heading for San Francisco. It was the flight's last leg, but no one could predict this phrase would turn out to be not just a figure of speech. The plane had to start its journey at 7.30 p.m., but some maintenance issues delayed boarding for almost an hour. The passengers were getting a bit impatient. The plane finally took off at 8.26 p.m. and soon reached the altitude of 13,000 feet. For some time, the aircraft was experiencing turbulence, which made it impossible to serve dinner. Several hours later, the lights were dimmed and the passengers stretched across empty seats preparing to have a peaceful sleep. Little did they know that sleep was the last thing they were going to get that night. At about 1 a.m., the cockpit crew got permission to climb to 21,000 feet. But once the aircraft reached the needed height, a terrible thing happened. At 1.20 a.m., one of the plane's engines started to overspeed. George Hacker, the first officer flying the plane, tried to deal with this problem by slowing the plane down. It didn't work out. This made Captain Richard Ogg cut off the oil supply to the engine altogether. After a while, the engine conked out, but its propeller kept windmilling in the airstream. It caused the aircraft to start losing precious fuel and seriously slowed down its speed. The plane was moving far too slowly now, just 174 miles per hour. It was also losing altitude at an alarming pace, at the rate of 1,000 feet per minute. The three remaining engines were struggling, trying to decrease the breakneck speed of the descent. At least, they were still functioning. It made the pilots feel somewhat hopeful. But all of a sudden, the captain noticed that the fourth engine started to fail. It was producing just a bit of power, even though it was working at full throttle. At 2.45 a.m., the unavoidable happened. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The fourth engine started to backfire, and the pilots had to shut it down. Now the plane had only two working engines and was moving more and more slowly. The crew calculated how much fuel the aircraft was consuming, and a heavy silence filled the cockpit. The pilots had nothing to do but face the awful truth. The plane didn't have enough fuel to reach San Francisco. Neither could it return to Honolulu. 
Captain Og sent a radio message to the U.S. Coast Guard. Pan Am 90943, Flight 6, declares an emergency over the Pacific. At that time, a Coast Guard cutter was always on patrol between Hawaii and the California coast. Such ships passed on radio messages to the nearest airplanes and provided them with weather information. They were usually placed near the points of no return. Those were the areas where a plane would have already burned so much fuel that it wouldn't have a chance to turn back if something went wrong. That night, the Coast Guard cutter was the 255-foot Pontchartrain, and William Earl was the commander. The plane headed toward the ship and leveled off at an altitude of 2,000 feet. Then, it started to fly above the ship in 8-mile circles, waiting for daylight. It was crucial to see the surroundings, because the pilots had to keep the aircraft's wings level with the ocean, and it would be impossible in the dark. During the day, it would also be easier to rescue all the passengers. The captain's decision to ditch the plane carrying 24 passengers and 7 crew members wasn't an easy or hurried one. He had to weigh numerous factors. Should I get rid of the fuel to make the plane lighter? Should I land now or wait until daylight and better visibility? But one thing was crystal clear. Having lost two engines, the plane was burning the fuel too fast. There was no other solution but to ditch into the ocean. As the stratocruiser was circling the Coast Guard cutter, it managed to climb from 2,000 to 5,000 feet. It caused the plane to consume more fuel and become lighter, which was a good thing. The lighter the aircraft, the longer it would float on the surface. Plus, it lowered the risk of fire after a crash landing. The captain knew about an accident that had happened with another Pan Am stratocruiser. That time, the plane's tail broke off. That's why Captain Og asked the passengers in the back to move toward the front part of the plane. Those who were sitting by the engines had to relocate too. Flight attendants removed all loose objects in the cabin and explained to the passengers what to expect. Since the problem started, the crew members had been doing their best to calm down the terrified people. When the passengers found out the plane was going to circle and wasn't landing in the dark, they were hugely relieved. Another comforting thought was that the Coast Guard cutter was out there, ready to provide them with as much help as possible. Luckily, the weather was good, and the ocean was very calm. At 5.40 a.m., Captain Og informed the cutter he was ready to ditch. The ship left a thick foam path in the water to help the pilots understand their height above the surface more clearly. At 6.15 a.m., the plane touched down. It was still moving at a speed of 105 miles per hour. It had already traveled several hundred feet along the surface and started to slow down when the worst possible thing happened. One of the wings hit a wave. The aircraft rotated nearly 180 degrees and its tail broke off. After that, in a matter of seconds, the plane's nose went under the water. One of those who had been on board the plane said later, that all he could see at that terrifying moment was water. It seemed to be everywhere. But after less than a minute, it started to recede. The front of the plane resurfaced. People on the Pontchartrain were staring at the disaster unfolding in front of their eyes, feeling numb. They were devastated. No one could possibly survive such a crash landing. But they were very, very wrong. All 31 people on board the plane were alive. Even more astonishingly, 
there had been just a couple of minor injuries. Once those on board the pontoon train realized the passengers and crew had survived, several rescue boats rushed toward the wreckage. Meanwhile, the captain and those passengers who had been assigned to help with the evacuation quickly deployed three life rafts. But when people started to climb on one of them, it became obvious the raft hadn't inflated properly. It started to sink. Luckily, the rescue boats were on time. They promptly transferred the passengers from the damaged raft to the cutter. At 6.35 a.m., the last piece of the wreckage vanished in the waves. By that time, all the people from the aircraft had already got to the safety of the Coast Guard ship. They stayed in the cutter's officer's quarters and reached San Francisco several days later. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Pan American Flight 6 crash landing was the first accident when an airliner ditched into the ocean but managed to keep everyone on board safe. And the whole blood-curdling event was captured on camera. Life rafts bobbing by the plane's side, survivors being transferred to the rescue boats, the plane rapidly sinking and disappearing among waves. Sometime later, all the crew members got awards for tackling the emergency and keeping the passengers safe. Captain Richard Ogg was the first person to receive the Civilian Airmanship Award presented for the most outstanding skills and heroism.